Welcome to Take Note. This is episode 160, which means it's a decasode, which means number one fan of the show, Ryan Sly is here, hosting with me and Adam. Hello, Ryan. Hey, guys. Welcome, Ted. Welcome, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> great to be you. here. Welcome, Ryan. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for you. that welcome. And welcome to you as well. There's been some before we before we started recording. There was some discussion that the the opening of the show might be too welcoming, and um, yeah. I think we've really toned it down. I'm I I some <laughs> I want the podcast to be a little edgier than than just welcoming people to a podcast. No, I, I think I it's want a great plan. To feel like we, we start a Patreon and then we drop the welcoming attitude from the show. That's <laughs> recipe for I success. I want you to. I want our listeners to feel like they were walking down the street in New York City and they, there was just a couple of cool guys rapping on the corner and they came in right in the middle of the conversation. But yeah, it's I just welcomed a... everybody, so I think it didn't work. Walking down the street, you just walk right into a conversation about, you know, pens and pencils hey, and what we've written I'm, in our notebook. I'm filling in my fountain pen over here. <laughs> Uh, well, every episode, even the ones where Ryan joins us, we ask each other a question. We ask him, what do you got? It means, what have you written down in your notebook lately that you would like to share with the group and with the audience for our collective enjoyment? Ryan, as our guest, please begin. What do you got? All right. So we went to a fancy dinner during Houston Restaurant Weeks, which may or may not still be going on because it lasts forever now. Um, at a very nice restaurant on the bayou called Flora. Excellent food. Really enjoying it. While we're eating, uh, you know, a tan older guy with slick hair and a trimmed beard and like bright teeth and an even brighter blue blazer walked in, a sports coat, you know, look at, he's got a, a much younger date with them there. Had a certain look about him and, uh, you know, I started to think, I can't wait to see, and said out loud, I can't wait to see the car that that guy drove here when we were walking out. So we finish up, we walk outside, sure enough, I mean, flashy convertible Bentley parked right out on the front curb. I'm like, I know that's his. My wife's like, that's got to be his car. And we're all just, you know, guessing, like, how do we find out? I walk over to the valet and I said, hey, bud. You know, settle a bet for me. <laughs> that Bentley over there, does that belong to an old guy in a bright blue coat? He's like, yeah, actually it does. <laughs> and we all erupted in pure joy of <laughs> being just nailing this guy perfectly. You know, I, I'm sorry I didn't say hi at the restaurant, Ryan. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I it was when you said bright white teeth. That's when I thought, that was, that was Adam. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you got, Adam? All right, so I was in New Orleans. I um, had a had a great time. I was a, I think you can fairly call it a dive bar. Well, I've shown some people pictures of uh, the bar and um, the reaction from everybody was ooh. So I think it's fair to call it a dive bar. <laughs> um, there there was a, a wise cracking bartender named Matt. Uh, Matt wore a. A nice, like a short sleeve button down shirt with a um, Miller Lite pattern on it. You know, little cans of Miller Lite <laughs> on the shirt. Um, okay. He asked everyone to call him Matt the Handsome, but I stuck with Matt the Poet. I insisted that he was a poet. Um, then he played along, and then I really thought he was a poet, but he he wasn't. But he wasn't a poet. He's just a bartender. He said. Um, he introduced me to a concept that I love, and I'm going to keep repeating it because I want to remember it, and that is. Magic Iambic Sunday pentameter. Yeah, <laughs> I, I walked over your joke here. No, to start okay. no, I didn't. I didn't make a joke yet. Uh, magic Sunday. He introduced me to the concept of Magic Sunday. Do you guys know what Magic Sunday is? No. Magic Sunday is the Sunday before a holiday Monday. So I was in there on Magic Sunday, and I love okay. that idea. I like it. Was it. Great. Nice. Also, um, after I jotted down Magic Sunday in the bar. Um, I wrote this down, and I'm not sure at which point in the night this happened, but this I overheard someone say, why is your cap so small? And the, uh, somebody else said, why is your head so f- big? 
<laughs> what do you got, Ted? All right. Let's see. This is a this is a quiet Sunday at the house. I I just quickly sketched out the scene that I had just lived through. I spent an hour glancing out the kitchen window, watching for the Sunday New York Times. It arrived finally in an uncharacteristic and hard to spot white sleeve. Miffed, I retrieved it, read the front page, set it down on the kitchen counter, walked over to the kitchen window to see if the Sunday Times had arrived yet. <laughs> it's almost as if I enjoy anticipating the Sunday Times more than I enjoy reading it. Okay, I just want to, I don't know, I may have said this on the show 18 times before, but um, I, I realized recently that I think for close to 20 years now, I, I might have said this really recently, every Monday morning I check the newyorker.com to see the table of contents for the new issue i've probably missed in 20 years doing that like four times and i can't remember the last time i've read a whole issue you know and there's so many that i don't even get to open it's the it's the anticipation of the new issue yeah would you receive the new issue and not read it oh i mean i dig into it but like every monday morning when they when they update that table of contents i check it and it just i mean there's something a little pathetic about that's the thing that i can't well do you do you do you process what's in there and and think about it yeah like ooh, ooh, uh an expose of i'm not even gonna be able (laughs) to a good fake new yorker Uh, i mean this week there's something about um the sport fishing for invasive species uh, by DT Max okay. sounds great. Probably won't ever read it. Um, no, I think actually, I think the reason I've noticed it more and more is because the checking the table of contents over, uh, you know, recently has had less and less to do with my actual reading of the magazine. It's just some weird muscle memory. <laughs> Anyways, Ryan, what do you got? I mean, I I recently freed myself of the pressure of reading the physical copy, um, but now I get to enjoy listening to someone else read things to me sometimes as I'm walking, and uh, you know the ability to look up words and things that you can do digitally. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot more selective on what I what I'll read now that I'm uh, in the digital only world. But don't miss um, the table of contents. Can't miss the table of yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you got to catch that every week. Yep. Um, so I took some notes from a, a work baseball game. Um, so I'm cheating. It's kind of a three and one. I threw a uh, work event at the Astros game. We got the center field party deck and um, you know organized a, a networking event there at the at the baseball game. So. Um, about to head over and uh, got an email from one of my coworkers, a young college hire. He uh, needed a ride because the his grandma's old Cadillac that he's been driving uh, was under the weather. Someone had sawed off the catalytic converter while the car was parked <laughs> in his apartment complex parking garage. Showed me a picture of it and. Uh, he said it, it was drivable, but it smelled horrible. So, <laughs> lives down the street. So I uh, gave him a ride. Uh, second now, thing. Uh, now, <laughs> when you send a picture of a car like that, was there anything you would have seen where you would have been like, "I'm calling BS"? He sent me that a car doesn't even come with a catalytic converter. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I think that would have been the exact thought had he not shown me a picture of the underside of the. Literal sawed off uh, exhaust pipe. You liar! That's a 1994 <laughs> Buick, not an '87 Cadillac. Uh, I never. I think I forgot that that was even a thing that people do. I certainly never heard of it happening to someone that I know having someone. My saw my that father, uh, who, who drives a very old Prius, had his catalytic converter stolen. Apparently, there's some copper in them or something. I yeah. may not tell you what. It's a whole thing. Things are just falling apart. <laughs> People are using them to get to uh, the gathering of the juggalos. I saw uh, um, no, this is true. I saw a man. I saw a photo of a man carrying a catalytic converter, which is a thing that sounds like it's small, but it's actually quite large, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, carrying a catalytic converter that he was bringing to the gathering of the juggalos to uh, oh I don't know some sort of offering or to pay for some part of his <laughs> s- gathering. 
Yeah. I mean, I that guess was probably that. Yeah. 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 Apparently, it's quite a business. Um, so after that, I got an email from someone stating his phone did not have the app feature. <laughs> And uh, if I could help him figure out how to get his ticket, because he couldn't download the MLB app. Um, this is a, a person that works in IT in 2022. I'm like, you are actively being difficult. Like, well, I don't want to help you at all with he this He sent problem. you a picture of the phone with the app feature <laughs> removed. Sawed right I out. I thought that yeah. was enough. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I was just, he he did end up going and I think paying $5 to have the ticket office printed out for him. $5. Uh, just to be difficult. I'm like, nice flip phone. Like that um, UPC symbol takes a lot of ink, my friend. Oh That'll my be gosh. $5. Yeah, well, that's the, the a-hole fee, I think, <laughs> for not just having a regular phone. Um, and then uh, the last note is the Astros lost on a wild pitch. Uh, which was one of the only plays I actually saw of the actually saw of the baseball game. You were networking with yeah. all these idiots that you're surrounded <laughs> yeah. by. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, the whole thing was a mistake. <laughs> Did you? I hope you uh, you connected catalytic converter guy with a no app phone guy. <laughs> I'm about to supercharge your career. <laughs> to give your professional life a catalytic, catalytic conversion. Adam, what have you? That's that's how we do it, right? Yes, that's exactly right. All right, well, so my uh, my Magic Sunday was good. The next day, uh, Labor Day, I had a fantastic Labor Day. Just a delightful Labor Day. The, the next day, though, uh, a little rough. So I, I tried to recreate the magic of my Labor Day. I... It, I just sat in a cafe and read a book. Um, you know, almost an this entire is book. On, you're on talking Labor about Day. terrible, t- terrible no, Tuesday. On oh, Labor Day. Labor, still the Labor next day. day tried right. to, on, yeah, terrible Tuesday. Tried to went back to that same cafe, realized that I uh, was not sitting near the overhead fans in uh, in the cafe, and it was it was quite humid, and I really had to give myself a pep talk that it was okay to just move seats after. I'd already been served like a big bottle of water and a glass, and I had I had my croissant at the table and my coffee, and you know I was thinking that they're gonna have to bust two tables, and you know they're gonna have to clean up two tables. <laughs> I really get into my head like There's that. There's croissant crumbs all over this table. How <laughs> am I supposed to clean this and another table in L- one day? Literally, that was my thought. There are <laughs> croissant crumbs all over this table. Absolutely no, no kidding. That was the thought. Um, <laughs> And, you know, so, Did I mean, you knock them onto the floor? <laughs> no. So <laughs> no one I, uh, will see them here. Um, I actually also, I mean, when I say I had to give myself a pep talk uh, via text, uh, my wife needed to convince me that it was okay to go to a better table. Um, <laughs> sure. So, uh, you know, like, okay, I'm going to a better table. What's the worst that could happen? And I bring my things over to the table, and um, the condensation on the water glass um, it made me drop the water glass uh, onto no. the plate with the croissant. The plate no. broke in half. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> plate shards everywhere. Uh-huh. And um, at which point I, like, kind of shut down. Like, I threw out the plate shards. I kept the, the broken plate with the croissant on the table. But there were definitely a little shards. I knew I couldn't eat this uh, delicious-looking <laughs> croissant. Um, <laughs> but you yeah. kept it there. for Until I left. Just to yeah. keep... Just for for appearances. Well, um, I moved the water bottle and the glass really close to it in hopes that people wouldn't uh, that it hadn't already noticed what had happened. <laughs> you know, there's in my head, it's like, okay, you know, this was very loud and awkward for me, and yes, I've just walked to the trash can and thrown out some um, shards of dish, but um, but maybe not. People didn't notice. You know, play cool, don't overreact. Like you, but did as when long as to the croissant is solid, my social status will be secure. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then, so that was that was breakfast. At, um, at lunch, I went to the little uh, like food and wine shop, and um, ordered some some salami at the deli counter. And I was asked the question that you're asked when you um, order salami at the deli counter, which is, would you like it cut thick or slim? Th- uh, thick or thin? They don't say thick or slim. That'd be odd. Um, <laughs> do you want it sliced? Slim Jim or, thick or thin? thickened? 
Yeah. You know? And so, you know, like anybody, um, I froze when I got that question. And I had to ask, sure. like, <laughs> I had to act like it was like, you know, like I didn't know why I was freezing. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, it's still early, man. Long night, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, no kidding. But what I really thought is that. Like, um, yeah. Just still got still got porcelain embedded in the palm of my hand <laughs> right. over here. Yeah. Really just But it was the realization that um that I always freeze. No kidding. I always freeze when I get that question. Would you like it cut thick or thin? Regardless of whether it's like salami or any other sort of meat. And I know exactly why. It's because the answer I want to give is not too thick and not too thin. Um but I can't bring myself <laughs> to do it. I'm prepared for the mo- I'm not prepared. I'm always caught off guard, and I always react exactly the same way to that question. So that was my terrible Tuesday. Do you, do you eventually get to the right answer? No. I mean, I mean the, <laughs> no. Oh, no. I my, my preferred answer is, which is an idiotic answer, oh, whatever you want. Um, and really, they're going to cut it the right way if you say whatever you want, but there, it just seems there's like a little danger in saying whatever you want. But you also, I mean, it really seems like you're a dickhead if you say uh, a little bit between thick and thin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. there's really no I correct mean, answer. Is uh, <laughs> No. Do you say yeah. underwhelmingly average? <laughs> <laughs> underwhelmingly average. No, I mean, I think I've thought about this a lot, as you can tell. I mean, I really thought about this a lot. And sure. you should always say thin. Because it's not like they're going to cut it so thin that it's going to be a problem. But in my mind, <laughs> yeah, when they ask not, that question, you're not, you're I not really do. prosciutto over here, right? Oh, that he did cut it like prosciutto. Actually, I mean, really? Yeah, yeah. This because you told him to cut it how he wanted to cut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guy, he likes. He's a sliver guy. Yeah, I it was the wrong sort of place because once he started cutting it, um, <laughs> the manager said. Um, but you walk around the store, he'll find you, which, I mean, I think they say that to everybody, but I also think it's possible that, uh, they just said that to me. What you need is a caliper so that you can give a very specific right. answer and then test him on it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem run is, every is slice, somebody, run some, every slice of salami through that caliper when he's done with it. I normally do bring a can caliper, but somebody like, stole uh, mine. I'll allow it. And you're going to do this in the cracker aisle because you wandered off and he had to come find you. So he's holding this salami in his hands, his open what? hands, while you run it through a caliper. Why is that man really crying in the cracker aisle? Oh, that, that's usual. That's normal. <laughs> well, now finally, we're this is like a conversation on the streets of New York when you're talking about how thick the slices of salami are going to be. Not what too you, thick and not too thin. What do you got, you got there? We got there. Uh, I was in the, uh, it's called Wabash Feed. This is a feed store in, in uh, it's actually near the trendy, trendy, uh, very expensive, very beautiful part of town called the Heights. Um, but it is a feed store. They've got chickens there. They've got all kinds of uh, plants and, and feed for various things. And uh, we were at the, uh, we were at the counter and, and, uh, we actually, uh, my wife Caroline, my life partner, uh, had the idea to hatch some sort of bug that the chickens we have would then enjoy eating. She just wanted to be enterprising and, and get the mealworms. She wanted to start it out as a, the moth or whatever strange thing it is. So she was asking these people, do you guys have the, the moth or whatever that will become a mealworm and they looked at her like she was slightly crazy they said we have the meal the dried mealworms you want those no i want the bug that turns into a mealworm normal feed store conversations uh as we were walking away one of the employees says to the other one hey you remember that lady that brought in a bunch of cockroaches and that's the kind of thing that you overhear in a feed (laughs) store especially when you ask if they have any live bugs that you can purchase Usually I feel like I feel like Caroline's situation was very much like the the same as mine with the salami, right? Like right. she wanted the one thing yeah. she knew what she wanted, but it just couldn't. It's I mean she did a better job of expressing it than I did. She wanted the alive, yeah, young version, and they said, "Do you want the dead version?" Well, no, I don't want the dead version. <laughs> is this I'm the, walking over here. Is this the, <laughs> I think is, you should go ahead. I think you should refer to Caroline as your life coach. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I like accurate. that. Very accurate. But not proceeded with, this time you said, 
my wife, my life partner. Don't proceed it with my wife. Yeah. My, just my life right. coach. Yes. My life. Is this the same I feed, was store, a feed store with you... my life coach? <laughs> Is this the same feed store where you buy hay bales? Is this your hay bale feed store? Yes. Well, it's not the same. You can get hay bales there. There are several feed stores. My my life coach knows all the good feed stores in town. Yeah, I think you mentioned to, it on uh, episode 16. That's probably true. Probably not. There's guessing. three chickens left, by the way. Quick quick chicken update. Started with eight years ago. Down to three. They're still producing eggs. How many years ago? Moving right along. Mm, a year and a half. Okay, that's what I thought. I so you're Maybe. going through... Yeah. Um, well... <laughs> farm life in farm life we we don't go by your human clocks adam we go by the sunrise the sunset uh midday when the sun is at its highest point we we don't operate in quite the same way i could see that you didn't understand my my time reference there how many chickens ago was i on the show <laughs> <laughs> you're losing uh a little over three three chickens a year is that right <laughs> yeah how many got yeah, left uh uh a year's we got a year's worth of chickens left let's uh, yeah we got we got to check in next september <laughs> a couple weeks ago i talked to keith mccleary he does a random thinks account at on instagram and he got talking about the ink samples uh ryan you got real excited about it you pulled the trigger real quick and you bought a bunch of ink samples and then I bought some ink samples, and then I think Ted just gleaned some ink samples off of you, and we're going to talk about the process right. of uh, sampling the inks and the inks we got and comparing them. Um, yeah, so, oh, Ryan, do you want to talk about maybe what you ordered, and then, um, I don't know, we'll go through kind of the process that we took. Yeah, um, you know, I had ordered some in the past, but it had been a while, you know, i it's not something I do regularly, but it uh, reminded me that it had been a while and it sounded like, uh, you know, if it was a fun thing to do the first time. I thought I might do it again. So I ordered seven different inks. And uh, and this is from Anderson Pens, yes? Yeah, that's where I got mine. I mean, the, 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 the fact that this exists where some some person will squirt little bits of ink into these little plastic vials and send them to you for your enjoyment at a nominal cost is quite remarkable to me. Well, not, I mean, the big thing about it, that, I mean, the best advantage to me for it is that if I buy a full bottle of ink that's like 50 milliliters of ink, that thing seemingly will last me to a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Because every single bottle of ink that I've had, except for one which I threw away... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still have like more than half of um, somehow and I use them constantly so it's like they're never ending and so you know I'm not one that wants to have a hundred different bottles of ink in a drawer somewhere that I'll never you know get through in my entire lifetime so I have like seven which is still way more than I need um, so these little ink samples are a fun way to just you know, take a break from those seven basic everyday colors and try some other stuff. It's great. How long these inks last is the kind of the challenge that I had, even with these ink samples, and um, that there that that was my failure there. I I found that I didn't know exactly what to do. I was just loading the Lamy two thousand up, um, filling it up. And then kind of not being able to, in all my sampling, right, not not be able to get through the ink before I wanted to sample the next one. Then I was... I'm going to um, blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind. But let's, let's, wait, let's wait on that because well, I, I have a very specific answer. Yeah. I, I, so I think I know what you guys did. But uh, I was wondering, um, and, and I realized I didn't know any of these things. And like a human being could have talked to you guys about it between the episodes, but thought maybe there was something... Uh, worthwhile of having the discussion during the episode i didn't yeah. know like if i um don't fill up the lamy completely am i not getting the real like ink experience right if it's not if it's not completely full if there happens to be some air in the pen am i not giving the no. ink a real test and that's totally false it's totally false great and then i also just didn't like 
I also just didn't know <laughs> whether it's a good idea to continually like just eject the extra ink back into the ink sample and kind of be doing that sort of thing, doing a ton of cleaning of the same pen over and over yeah. again if I was going to affect it or not. So those were those were like the problems that I ran into and in realizing that I didn't really know what well, I was me, doing. Yeah. Let me say this. I So you guys were psyched about these ink samples. You were you had them in hand. You were testing them. And I actually said at one point, no thanks, I'm good. My life is complicated enough. I don't need this. Of course, then I went and visited Ryan and saw all these inks, and I thought, you know what? All right, I'll borrow them. Let me figure this out. I got home. I looked down. I have a dip pen, which is, you know, some people probably know this, but others might not. It is it is a, a wooden shaft, hello, and it is only a nib at the end, so there's no pen part there's no barrel that's empty with a reservoir it's only the nib and the way you use it is like an old-timey george washington you dip it in the ink and you write and i had a mini revelation which addresses exactly what you're talking about adam this is a perfect vehicle to test inks and that's when i that's when i got excited about it because i realized i didn't i could test all these fun inks without going through exactly what you're talking about gave you plenty of time to chop down that cherry tree (laughs) <laughs> now, the, what I think would be helpful for you to know is that you could have, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, you could have emptied that Lamy, just cleaned it out, got it all fresh and clean, and you could have used it as a dip pen. Like if you're testing inks, you can literally just dip the nib in ink without filling the reservoir and write with it. And, you know, it would be like a dip pen. You'd only get a little bit. You'd have to kind of go back to it. But you'd be able to see how the ink actually looks and you know when you write with it. So that's kind of the quick upfront solution to the to the problem that you encountered. Because I think there's nothing wrong with cleaning out a pen of ink and flushing it, but it just is a pain in the behind. And it's not a, not conducive to test a bunch of inks. Well, okay, so when you only have a little bit of it of each one, you you know, you don't want to necessarily waste what you have yeah so so just to recap ted didn't buy the inks came up with a well, efficient solution that would have worked for everyone kept it for yourself that's right <laughs> yeah is that okay just yeah just checking great let's carry on <laughs> yeah so for me i don't you know do a quick test of them like that that's not really the way that i operate i like to just put them into a pen and then use it for a while and so that's exactly what i did i filled seven different pens with the seven different inks and i started using them for taking notes at work and you know writing around with them a little bit in different paper and stuff like this just to kind of see if if i like them or not um, but I don't do any kind of, you know, hundreds of other people have done all the extensive testing and swabbing and all the stuff that, you know, you can read about online if you're that interested in all the different characteristics and stuff. I don't need to redo any of that because I don't know how to do any of it. Um, well, here's what I would I say. I don't really care. <laughs> here's what I would say to that because I agree. You could look up anything. It really was fun to have these things in hand. And have it go from online pictures and reading reviews and theoretical just to having these inks and getting them down on the page. Like, I think there's a lot to be said. You know, it's such a physical thing in the way each one interacts with the pen and the the paper and how, you know, how they look when you write and then when they dry. Like, it's just very physical, which I think, you know, probably explains why the sample idea has gained steam is because you really can't get it from online and as much energy as goes into those they'll get you started but at the end of the day you just gotta scratch yeah 100 percent, because it depends on you know so many different things what paper are they using what was their lighting light what kind of camera are they using you know what device are you looking at those pictures on it'll get you in the ballpark of what what the ink is like, you but, might be looking at the, those photos on a phone. They ain't even 
can't even take down <laughs> apps anymore. App feature. He got no apps. He deleted that feature. <laughs> Looking at those pictures. That's All right, right. Why don't you run us through? Why don't you run down the line of what we've got over here? Which I think Adam, you've got them too. Yep. Um, okay. Cool. So I'll just go through kind of one by one, I guess. The first one, I've refused to say the the maker of this ink because uh, it's French and I don't speak French. But it is a well-known ink called Emerald of Chivor, which is probably also said incorrectly. Chez Herbin. Jay Herbin, I've heard it called. Yeah. My, uh, my favorite of the samples, I think. Um, oh, really? This was... This is one that I bought, you know, I've never had any kind of shimmer inks. So with this batch, I tried three just to see, you know, what they're like. Is that something that I could use at work without uh, feeling like I've borrowed a pen from my 10-year-old daughter? Uh, or, you know, does it actually look nice? And, um, and I enjoyed it. I mean, so... I wrote, I, I put this in my Pilot Custom Heritage 92. It's got a medium nib on it. It's really smooth. Love that pen. And um, I wrote, you know, it's $30 for a 50 milliliter bottle of this ink. I got to try it for $2.50 to see if I like it or not. And this one I actually do like. This is one that I would consider buying and you know, using as a sort of non-standard, not blue, not black, you know, uh, an option. And this is one that is like, and kind of a dark aqua blue green with some different sort of shading and sheening characteristics, but it also has that sparkle factor to it. So if you look at it in the light, you can see some sparkles coming off of it, but I don't really care about that. What I, that was one of the first thing that I learned with these shimmer inks. I don't care about the sparkles. I like, <laughs> I just like the color of this one a lot and everything else about it is great. So, um, and it's not all that noticeable. I don't think on this one. So I liked it. Did you guys try this one? I did. Um, I, I had a very similar response. It's very likable. I, I, I found that I really like dark inks and this, this is dark and I mean, kind of, yeah, pretty deep green. And now another one. We're I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit, but another one was the the diamond shimmering seas. And I I only bring that up now because it's interesting to compare the characteristics of the different shimmering inks. And the emerald of Shivor shimmers a lot, even when you don't lay down a lot of ink. I thought that's what was interesting. The the density of the shimmer is high. The uh, the shimmers per per millimeter <laughs> really stand out. I uh, I didn't notice the shimmer until you guys mentioned it, and I opened it in my notebook, and I kind of found the shimmer. Now, my wife, um, sorry, my life coach really liked. Um, <laughs> she really liked this one, and I I liked it too. But like she would, you know, she was very vocal about. Wow, that one looks great. Um, she was really impressed. I wonder if she caught that shimmer. Um, I think sometimes with some of these, like something like a blue-green like that, to me, it doesn't register as blue-green because I'm colorblind. Like, this is just a nice blue ink that I really liked. But uh, I'm excited now to see this shimmer that I like missed entirely. It's pretty shimmery. Yeah. It's pretty shimmery. So on the Shimmering Seas one, that one is one that I feel like I have that color of ink already. Uh, so, you know, if you wanted something that was like a dark blue or like a blue-black kind of ink, but you also wanted the shimmer, then that'd be a great one because it's got, I think, a, a lot of shimmer to it also, but I just don't really care. I wouldn't buy that one. That's one that I'm, you know, it's yeah. good I got a sample because I didn't waste more than a few dollars on trying it out. I have that one in a Sailor with the zoom architect which puts down a huge you know thick line on the horizontal so you can really lay that one down and uh so i got a lot of shimmer on that one and maybe more than you because i'm putting down more at a time with that that big nib mm -hmm. um well i mean so i think it's that, great but i wouldn't get it i think that speaks to if you you know your style if you if you have a bunch of super broad nibs you probably are going to get different action out of mm -hmm. a different ink uh let's see what do you got next ryan 
So next I'll say the Three Oysters Americano. This is a like a rich dark brown ink that I actually had been interested in for a little bit um, for my Pilot Custom 823 which is a brown and amber pen. Um, I don't really try to match the inks to my pens or anything but I've just kind of been thinking I'd never had a brown ink before and I thought I was you know just thinking about trying I had my eye on this one I'd looked at it a few times and so when this came up I knew I was gonna definitely see if they had that available and it's great that's another one you know looks looks really delicious it's not <laughs> um, but if I ever get a brown ink that'd be a good one what's so, up with three oysters I feel like I had not heard of that I think company. it's a Korean company, I okay. want to say. Um, I have one other uh, ink of theirs that I did buy a bottle of that's a dark green that is great, uh, called Namsan, I think. Um, it's like a dark pine colored. It's in this Twisby here. Um, no, I thought that, I thought the Americano was very nice, dark and and brown. Yeah, I... like an, Like a fine Americano coffee of the ones that i tried and i didn't end up testing every single one um but the the americano was my favorite and i didn't think i wanted a brown ink or would care for brown ink and i uh you know it changed my mind i liked it a lot i mean it there's like to me there's two two big categories of ink there are the ones that are in this range of kind of dark you know blue black brown that sort of feel businessy and you know uh whatever that this bucket that's like sort of reserved and and highly functional and then there's the other bucket of you know the brighter colors the rainbow the the sparkles and all this and and i think covering both of those categories is kind of a fun way to do it um and that brown it's more interesting than a black or a blue um but it doesn't doesn't go too far into like you know um 10 year old daughter land yeah i like it i think i would probably get that one and you're um, right about it being a korean ink company by the way I looked it up okay great yeah so the next one i got was more of not so much a let's try something totally different it was i think one of the first inks i bought was uh that aroshizuku yuyake which is an orange you know like i think it, that translates to sunset perhaps um and so it's like a dark redder orange uh which i really like and that's one probably i have the least of left in that giant bottle um so i thought maybe i'd try another orange ink and think about you know what might i get next and so i got diamine uh sunset and put that in my Lamy 2000 old silver plated um it's stainless steel by the way um oh, and so the uh, what i found about that one is basically exactly the same i mean I, I i haven't put them next to each other or anything but it it reminds me so much of it that i, I don't know if i could tell the difference i you know it's a great option great ink really like it you know, one or the other couldn't go wrong, but which I feel like if you if you're into inks, that must happen so frequently. Uh, you're like these to. two are just so similar. There's only so many colors. Yeah. So I really you like know, that. It's, good. it's a good option. Definitely don't need both. You like that one too? Yeah, um, I like that diamond sunset. I was having an issue, and this is where I wasn't sure if I was like doing a good job testing. Where it felt like it was a little fadey for me, like every once in a while. Uh, in the same letter, it would be, you know, it wouldn't be like a dark line. And uh, I wasn't having that with the other two I tested, but I also may have, uh, like, maybe just not loaded the pen well with the ink or something like that. I kind of, mm. crisis confidence, I mean, uh, you know, thinner, thick slice <laughs> salami sort of situation. <laughs> that, the, uh, one of my, that's like one of the things I have trouble getting over when I'm testing an ink or when I've, bought an ink is when it when it feels like it's on the line of not being dark enough just to just to be functional it drives me nuts yeah i've got this um jay herbine 
Corée des Tropiques, like coral, and it it's just maddening because it's just not dark enough to feel like an ink. And when it dries, it's a little darker, but even when you're writing with it, just... And that's something that's hard to get over. I feel like that's one of the biggest... That's like the first hurdle when I'm testing an ink. Is this dark enough to not drive me yeah. crazy? It makes time. me press too hard. And then it's like you can't write for very... Like you get yeah. hand fatigue. And so I just... It dry, yeah, I hate it too. It's like I'm not inking in... Uh, <laughs> Uh, finding Nemo's like undercarriage where the the orange has to fade to a you know a pastel whatever I'm trying to I'm trying to write a letter to Adam over here. Did you guys find that with the diamond sunset or? Did... I didn't. Okay. Um, I you know it definitely has some shading to it, but I didn't find it to be like too light or annoyingly light when it was not as at its darkest. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was user error. Um, so the next one was another three oysters, and this is a peacock blue, and this was one where I was kind of going for something in the same wheelhouse as the emerald of Shivor, but without all the shimmery, in case I hated that, let's try something that's somewhat similar without all that stuff. And um, I think I like the color. I don't like it as much as... The Emerald of Shivor. It's lighter. It's brighter and more. Yeah, and it's yeah. brighter and it's it's a drier brand of ink I've, I've found too. And I, so I put that one in my uh, custom Pilot Custom 743 and it has the Falcon nib, which is a flex nib. And I have it modified and stuff. It's uh, one that is almost too much ink going through the nib at all times because it's flex and it, it in order for it to keep up with all that you want a lot of ink flow but with this brand of ink it, it's it still works great most of the time um but it's it's noticeably drier as far as performance is concerned um but that being said i mean it's fine i don't think it's one that i'd be interested in paying a bunch of money to have forever I think that one you've got to really like the color because it is a distinct sort of yeah. aqu aquamarine, pretty bright. You know, a page full of that is gonna is gonna stand out. But I mean, if you love it, you love it. Um, but it is a commitment. Then the next one was another diamine. It was uh, called Lilac Night. I haven't. I've only had one other purple ink, which I didn't buy. It was I got a tester full from a friend at one point which is a much brighter uh purple that i didn't really like uh so i wanted to get a darker purple that maybe wouldn't be quite so you know bright and again maybe my daughter wouldn't steal it um so i put that one into the Montegrappa elmo which is a 1.1 millimeter stub nib on it a lot of ink coming out of that one too um and i like it i mean it looks like kool-aid it does not taste like Kool-Aid, but it looks like Kool-Aid. And uh, you have got to stop tasting I these can't inks, right? Myself, you've got to stop. Uh, but it's good. It's like it's dark enough that where it, you know, in a professional setting or something like that. Like I use this for stuff at work all the time. So it, at first glance, it could be black. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's clearly not. It's just kind of not too far away from being just like a dark blue or something. It was good. I mean. Yeah, I mean no that complaints. that kind was my response. It was it was nice, but wasn't unique enough. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. quite, almost couldn't quite put your finger on what color it was. Which to me, you know, when you especially when you got one page with lots of different inks on it, your eyes really drawn to the ones that stand out for some reason. And mm -hmm. this one's just kind of right down the middle. I'm sure if it was, you know, you have three bottles and this is one of them, you'd, I'm sure you'd be totally happy. But when you're kind of looking at the whole range. And then the last one kind of falls in the same category. It's another Shimmer Ink, uh, a company that I had never tried any ink from before. So this is one where, you know, let me just branch out on companies here. This is uh, Kiono Oto Ruri Iro, which I will say because clearly I speak Japanese. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's the same kind of like dark blue. I feel like it's, Maybe the, exactly the same as uh, Roshizuku Shinkai, 
it's that same just kind of dark blue but it has a shimmer but less than shimmering seas and like it's a silver rather than a gold so it doesn't stand out as much and it just sort of boring and pointless like it kind of the perfect reason to get a sample between those two if you're looking for something like that pit spend a couple bucks for each see what you like better i would immediately eliminate that one i mean the ink worked great i would try a different one but that one was not for me yeah i didn't even notice the shimmer until you said it and i moved it around a little bit but i had almost the exact response it's like this yeah this is this has been covered don't need it (laughs) um i was so psyched about testing all these inks with my nib pen and i was i was so nimble and and uh ready to rock that I dipped into some of the ones that I already have. The the coral from Jay Urbine drove me crazy just like it always does. I should just throw that in the trash or uh, donate it to a local charity. Sounds like um, Ryan might drink it. <laughs> <laughs> My I, I have some other Jay Urbine, the Bleu Nuit, uh, equally maddening. It's just a blue that's not dark enough. And if it's, <laughs> if it's a blue that's not dark enough... That's... Just, that's never... what it translates to in French. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blue. Insufficient <laughs> blue, blue, I think. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Pilot Compeki, the Arushizuku Compeki, is just a, a winner. It's a brighter blue than even than some of the ones that we looked at. Yeah. Uh, it's just a great... that That's mine that I've used the most of out of the bottle. Um one of my favorites that I have used in any context is the Diamine Salamander. It's this uh, kind of reptilian green, like darkish kind of swampy green. And I love this ink, man. I'm just like, I'm obsessed with it. It's dark enough, but it's got this like, this green color that's kind of weird and and gets me interested every time I'm writing. It's sometimes it looks brown, sometimes it looks like deep green. I love this diamine salamander. Uh, and then the other one I still have is the, the Noodler's Blue Steel, which I'm like, uh, all right, I've got this sitting. And you know, I've kind of gone off the whole Noodler's like eccentric, uh, eccentric, strange contrarian lab, uh, uh, mad scientist guy. And this Noodler's Blue Steel is like, uh, it's, it, it's like a industrial, uh, industrial waste poured into a, a bottle and given a little bit of blue. It's just fired through the paper. It's like flat, kind of lifeless. Um, just look like it would stain your fingers for a week if you should happen to spill something. That is the one that I threw away. So I bought that one early on. As did I. I think it was the first bottle of ink I ever bought because they make because Dromgul's where Dromgul's exclusive. It's an exclusive, uh, which you know (laughs) meant nothing at the end of the day. But everything about it is maddening from the moment you open it, and it's filled absolutely (laughs) to the top of the bottle. I think that that's a thing that he does for whatever reason, like just to piss people off, I guess. Where you open it and immediately you're, you've made a mess, um, but yeah, it just didn't. It would, felt like watered down, and I just I hated it every time I used it, and I felt bad because I bought the whole bottle of it, and I don't like to waste things. And eventually, I was just like, you know what? I hate this thing. I'm throwing it in the garbage. If you listen, if you listen to the, I think it was the second, maybe it was the third season of Serial, where the guy. Just slowly descended into madness because he was surrounded by like noxious chemicals. Noodler's blue steel is like the ink version of that of that season of cereal. Yeah, yeah. I'm no interest in trying any others for for all of those reasons. But that's why the ink samples is an attractive option, and why you know jump back into it for this. Ted, did I miss? Did you have a favorite overall? Uh, the the J. Herbin Emerald of Chivor really was a really nice balance of something that's unique and flashy, but also usable. I that that was my favorite out of the group. That's great, and that was Ryan's as well. And mine was the uh, Three Oysters Americano. 
which I think was really nice. Brian, was that yours or did I? That was my okay. second uh, oh. favorite as well. Yeah, I think if out of the seven, if I were to buy any, I would I would get one of those two. Now, Ryan, I did want to ask. Um, you've inked up all the all of your fantastic pens. Did you find yourself drawn towards certain pen ink combinations in certain situations? Like if you were feeling more creative, you pulled out a certain pen and ink, or if you were getting down to business or brainstorming? I think I might be. I think in the time that I've had them in there, I was thinking about just trying to use them all, you know, try them all out and see how they work just for work. Um, but I think I would be. Uh, I definitely gravitated to that Emerald of Shibor just because it's so different than anything that I have. Did you fill up a whole page with that? Oh, yeah. I've, I've written several pages with each of these inks that work since, so since I've... What, what was it like to have a whole page of the sh dark, shimmering ink going? I mean, it looks really nice, honestly. I, it's one of those where if somebody looked at your page as they were walking by and caught it in the light, and it might be like... They would fall in love with you. Shining gold at them, and they, yeah. it, it would might start a conversation, but just sort of looking at it straight you on... You would be instantly, really nice. instantly promoted. Yeah, I think. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> God. I'm use that one exclusively. My God, I feel so good right now. I, I must promote this man. Yeah, as far as the combinations are concerned, I mainly just tried to choose some of the pens that have, you know, the bigger uh, nibs that would show off the inks a little bit more. And uh, with the exception of the orange, which I put in the the Lamy 2000, which has just a fine, um, because I figure for an orange ink, it, it's something I might use my field notes and didn't necessarily expect it to be too much different in a different pen. Well, I'll tell you, test it first, because I, I had a spell of writing with, it was a uniball, it wasn't a, it wasn't a specialty ink, um, a, an orange uniball, uh, end of the summer threw my field notes in my back pocket and was reminded once again that when a, uh, an, certain orange inks get wet, they disappear as if it was a magic trick. So I lost two pages of uh, just earth-shatteringly insightful <laughs> notes into the human, the human condition. There was some quantum theory in there. Uh, a lot of good stuff got, uh, got washed away in my own uh, sweat. What did you formerly got? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks, Ryan, for joining us again. It's always a pleasure to have you here. I'm sure we'll talk probably around the holidays. At which point... I think Ted should have at least two chickens left if uh, <laughs> things remain at pace. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TakeNotePod. Our website is uh, TakeNote.Space, which at this point is starting to sound more like a website, really. And, um, yeah. Catching up. That's right. We will uh, see you when we see you. <laughs>